Hey, this is Glory Every Day, and I'm so glad you're here. I'm your host, Kayla Turner. Join me each week as I talk with a friend about how God is at work in our lives for His glory. I love to tell stories, laugh, and accidentally cry often. My hope is that hearing these conversations will encourage you with fresh eyes to see how God is at work in your own life for His glory. Because whether you are cleaning a bathroom, working at your computer, or having coffee with a friend, God can be glorified in all of it. Guys, I love that you get to hear this conversation today with me and Bill Will. If you are unsure of why I'm referring to him as Bill Will, you can go back and listen to uh, the other two episodes last season (laughs) that my husband was on with me and his multiple names and the place that that came from. Nonetheless, he is sitting here with me today because I am going to start um, a series here where I want to talk for a couple weeks about friendship and community and the overlap of that and how how they are not mutually exclusive, but they are also very important to have an overlap between them and then they that they do exist apart from one another, but also the importance of them and being in healthy community and healthy friendships and relationships. And so today specifically, we'll talk more about the friendship side of it and some of the overlap with community. But my hopes then in the next couple of weeks is to also have some other conversations with people about community and God's design for community in the body of Christ and the importance of that relationally. So you know him before he's told him told about himself a little bit but I'm going to let him still introduce to the new listener and if you need a refresh on who he is Hmm? all right so I'm Bill slash Will I am Kayla's husband I am a pastor and uh, we have you don't have to sound so robotic about it (laughs) (laughs) if I make fun of you a little bit maybe it'll make you laugh (laughs) you seem like you need to laugh um yeah that's me I've been on this podcast three times now so that makes me special it's like you would be the most repeated guest yes yeah that's like an snl thing right when you get on the podcast oh what is it five times is that Mm, the five times club five times club that's funny um maybe maybe you that could be your goal yeah five times five times and then you're done you're done you're done just kidding uh yes because one you're just so easy for me to talk to i love you and Mm. a lot of this my heart for this topic is something that you and I talk about often. And so really we're just going here, let's put a microphone to this and talk about it in a way that we hope and pray blesses you guys as listeners in ways that are helpful. Mm. And so, yeah, cause it matters to us a lot. Yes. We're, we're highly relational it. people. <laughs> and so, yeah. yeah. Yep. It matters to us a lot. We, we have these conversations because it's so relationships and community are so integrated into our lives in ways that have been so impactful to us. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also really aware of like missing links, I think around us. Like when we, we mm -hmm. observe things in our community, like our church community and it's growing really quickly in really beautiful ways, but that causes like growing pains. And then also like, just as we make new friends, uh, we have this, Mm -hmm. we had this, um, little musical movie growing up and I'm sure it's a normal song but I remember it being in that silly songs was Mm. make new friends but keep the old one is silver and the other's gold so I keep hearing that in my head when I think about like making new friends but also like what it looks like relationships are hard and I can remember years ago you preached a sermon on insecurity is that what it was I think and then I like taught Mm. with you as part of it because I was giving voice to kind of a different side of insecurity that men may not be able to speak as Well, well too it was it was identity. Okay, it was That's identity right. and insecurity was a piece of that, but it was overall like the identity for men and women. And right, and I can remember 
approaching that topic and really thinking and even saying that Sunday, here's the thing, like growing up, I can remember having all these emotions about friendships and relationships and just thinking when I'm an adult, this won't exist. Look at, look at my parents and their friends and they're fine. But the reality is, is I think that you just, sometimes if you don't do the work, you just Mm -hmm. learn how to function that way and make it look okay from the outside until it doesn't, because that can be quite noticeable, but like blissful, blissful adolescence, you just think adults have that figured out, but, but they don't unless they do the work and, and relationships are hard and it's difficult and it involves so much grace and forgiveness, but also what does it look like to press in and why? So why well, don't... And oh. that is, that is, I think, the biggest, if you could just debunk a myth right off the bat and fix a rumor and whatever. I'm a rumor weed. Oh. <laughs> oh, Name boy. it. Uh, a rumor... VeggieTales, I don't have time for this. Go on. Okay. Um, man, you threw me off. You're debunking a rumor. Okay. Rumor yep. Debunk a rumor. Uh, community isn't effortless. It yeah. It does take an insane amount of work. In chemistry matters and all of that, yes, like you're going to have friends that just click. But even those, like you have to stay at it. It's, it's, it's just like anything else. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, budgeting or uh, working out or whatever, any mm-hmm. discipline. If you want to have meaningful community that has depth and... Uh, fun and all of the aspects to it where you can be vulnerable it takes ongoing stewardship and tending to uh over a long long yes long period of time and i think that's the other thing it's like it doesn't happen quick it doesn't happen Mm -hmm. you can't expect for it to be just an overnight or even a few weeks of like hey i just got to know this person and all of a sudden i have this massive expectation of depth and vulnerability and all of that and it's like nope it it takes years yeah. Uh, and, and seasons even. For sure. Which is hard because you can walk into a space and say, oh my gosh, this community seems really cool. So like we feel that way about our church community. We mm-hmm. love it and we feel yeah. like it has something beautiful to offer. And we really feel like, hey, if you come in, you will see it and it is great. But you can see it and think it's great, but it also takes time to build those relationships and be a part of things like serving together. And it doesn't mean that you won't make friends and that you can't go out to eat with somebody quickly. But Mm -hmm. as far as like depth, that takes time. And, you know, I said earlier that you and I have had a lot of conversations about this. I was talking to a friend recently too, about all of these ideas that were bubbling up in me as I was wanting to discuss them on the podcast. And I thought of this and it made me think of outward bound that that Mm. trip I took sophomore year with the leadership program. And I went to a small liberal arts college and there was a leadership program. And during the course of it, sophomore year during Christmas break, you would go on this two week outdoor outward bound trip and you canoed through the Florida Everglades for nine days and you did some service projects and you did a high ropes course and team building and different things. But because it was a small school, the culture was like you knew who went to Outward Bound usually when you came Mm -hmm. back because A, they were really tan after Christmas break and B, they had like a different glow about them like aside from their tan right because they had made these new friends they were laughing all the time with this like forced community and like they came back with these great stories and I can remember my sister went a few years before me and I mean I was pumped and again highly relational so excited for all these things we get to Florida they assign us our groups we get in a van and we drive from Miami to wherever it was that we we we're base camped at. I can't remember. And I remember feeling heartbroken in this 15 passenger van with these like eight or nine other people who I know the faces of most of them because I've been in class with them for 
an entire semester at this point and I'm really good friends with one of them and then the other ones were just people I knew and it was silent and I remember feeling devastated because I was like oh my gosh this isn't fun like this isn't fun and these people had all these stories and this is going to be awful and it and I don't even remember when it occurred to me that I was like oh it's because we haven't done the hard work and it is hard like talk about canoeing through the Florida Everglades and all the work and the things that go along with that and the trials and like that's why they come back good friends is because for for nine days, you're doing ridiculously, yeah. te- you know, hard things and team building, sleeping yeah. on a beach and and all of that that causes memories, that causes shared experiences with inside jokes and understanding and meltdowns mm-hmm. and helping people cope and get through things. And it just became a really clear analogy for me that I think we experience that in community sometimes when people are like, oh, I want that thing. And that is a great thing to want and aspire to. But you have to like do the work to get there yeah you have to do the work and you have to pay the price like yeah. it, it, it's you know i think about football uh and i i think about it a lot it's it's my favorite sport for so many reasons um one of them being the kind of relationships that are built through mutual suffering like we're talking about yeah. um because you you in a in a football world you can easily have like a star an all-star type person but they literally it, it is one of the few sports where an all-star will have zero success if the other members of the team contribute nothing like you have to have a full team effort to make it work and i'll never forget like the bonds that i had with guys because of just just hard work and uh, I have a specific memory where we were forced to do this drill um, and it was a really hard drill. It was, it was difficult. We got in trouble. And for some reason the offense and defensive linemen were like put in this spot and we were just basically pushing and beating on each other for two hours. Mm-hmm. And like the receivers and the quarterbacks and every, you know, the little people, they were, <laughs> they were like, by the end, I just remember looking over there and like, I guess we'll just play catch. Oh gosh! Just playing catch because our our head coach was just going off on us, and we did this thing. But I remember, and it was rough. Like dudes were like throwing up, and um, yeah, just intense. Morale was low, but I also remember like walking out of there, like, man, I love every single one of these guys. Mm. And and you know, other sports come and go. You you finish a season, you cry, whatever. That last night of football, because of our mutual suffering for the last four years you know six years whatever it was together we sat in that locker room on the last night and we just cried together Mm. uh very different people coming from all different walks of life different family backgrounds different even different values in that space but mutual suffering brought us together and and built something sure so you can have community kind of anywhere right so you can Mm -hmm. have it with a team you can have it with your neighbors you can you can create community anywhere that's not hard well Theoretically, it can be hard. That's why we're having yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> this it, conversation. It actually is hard. Right. But tell me about what what is the plug? Like you're a pastor, right? So mm-hmm. tell me why it's important that you have church community and not yeah. just like, hey, I go to church on Sunday. I serve right. here and here, but I have all these friends that I spend most of my time with that are from a different space in my life. What yeah. is the plug for the why? Well, yeah. I mean, we talk about this all the time with, with like members is the reason our values are what they are. It's nothing flashy or special, but we talk about worship community and mission being everything that we do. And the reason being is if, if the gospel of Jesus is at the center of who we are, which is what unites us, it brings mm-hmm. us into that room. Mm-hmm. It is the common denominator with a bunch of 
Different, which is better than football. It is better than football. And <laughs> it brings us into that room with, I mean, nobody, nobody should be in that room. We say that right. all the time. It's the joke or whatever that we say of none of us would be in the same room. We wouldn't even talk to each other most likely if it weren't for the gospel. And, yeah. but because of that, we're under this banner of the gospel and out of that, when it is at the center, uh, the three things that come from that are worship as you know, life is worship, not just singing, but yeah. like life is worship. And when you're a worshiper, uh, those worshipers are joined together into a community and they also go on mission together and those things complement each other. So, uh, community builds worship. It mm-hmm. causes us to worship and, uh, community drives us towards mission. Mm-hmm. Mission causes us to worship when we see what God's doing and we get to participate with him. And like we've already talked about mutual suffering, working hard together, builds community. And, uh, and th- that's why those are our values and because it's the values of the church biblically. It's what we see, uh, even in the, the formation of the church in acts, like those things were, were the fruit of the gospel being at the center of everything that they were doing. And as it yeah. was multiplying and, and the, so that's my plug. It's, um, it matters because it's, it's everything to mm-hmm. us. Community is not just one piece of our lives. It is, it is our lives. Yeah. It's what we're called to be, um, and called to do. I feel like I'm, I'm just realizing, am I answering your question? Yeah, you are. I'm going to follow up then with saying like, tell me the difference between friendship and community. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think you can have friendship in community and friends that are not in your community. Yeah. That's what we were talking about earlier uh, today. It was like, yeah, we have friends that are not necessarily in our community. And, and, And I would say our community because of our, you know, our life is our church, like our church our neighborhood. Um, so where you live, where you work and where you play, that's your community. Um, and then friendships can be born out of those places. I, I would say, uh, it, it would be hard for a friendship to, to come out of, of another place. Um, it would take way more work. It would take me more. It's possible. But you know, if we talk about it like a garden, it takes a ton of work to already do the work that or the gardening in front of you. But if you have a friendship that like blossoms out of some other thing. Um, it's going to take a lot more work to sustain yeah. that. Just I mean, because... I think that's fair. Even as I'm thinking through, I know I'm cutting you off. So remember where yeah. you're going back to, <laughs> <laughs> but like, as I'm thinking through like friends, right? Like they come from places that I am in community in any of those spaces. Mm-hmm. But then if I think about like friends that are outside of those communities that I maintain over distance or yeah. maintain, it's because I was, in community with them at some point right so yeah. like yeah. my friends that i still maintain contact with that are in the not in any of those circles now it's because we once were in community and we maintain a friendship which and takes so a lot more work yes yeah i mean it's i mean you are you are putting in time energy effort to maintain something that i mean you're just not going to have we tell people this all the time and it's not like a mean thing um, or, uh, or like a weird thing. It's, it's just a reality when people decide to move far away from our church community, they're like, Hey, we're going to move to this area and it's really far away. And, uh, I, I think part of that conversation normally is like, Hey, if that's where you feel God is calling you to go, absolutely go do that. You need to understand just from a reality standpoint that the further you get away from this community, the harder it is, harder it is for you to connect. It's not impossible People can do it, but it will take a lot of energy, a lot of effort, a lot of work for you to maintain that. And more so from your part, the people moving away, 
Yeah. Because people aren't as likely to come that far. Right. Like if you're the one moving away, that's more work for you to, mm-hmm. and not that people won't come see you or go do, do things with you. Right. But by and large, that weight falls on you then to like fill that gap yes. of distance. And that's, and I would say friendship, you know, friendship and community, they, they kind of, I don't know, what are those intersecting circles? <laughs> That's oh, what I yeah, think we of. were talking about that earlier. Like, a, think of like a target. There's a word for it. It's not intrinsic circles, is it? Well, I was thinking more like a Venn diagram. Um, concentric, concentric circles. Uh, concentric. That's the word. But I'm thinking more like a Venn diagram because you have community and and friendship, and they have their distinctions. Which, mm-hmm. you know, you could say like friendships uh, are 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 made over vulnerability and care and uh, laughter, mutual fun, like hobbies and interests. Like those things build friendships, but also like spaces where you do you have suffered together and just time and energy like that things where you play and you cry and and those are those are deep friendships and you know if we're if we're going to talk like emotional or scientific or whatever for a second i'm i don't have the the studies in front of me i'm trying to remember but i know that they've done studies on relationships and human capacity and most humans only have the capacity for like four to five very close intimate relationships in their life at a time and then you have a broader like 15 people that you could say like 15 to 16 people that are like, this is my, um, you know, my, my friends. These are my friends. Mm-hmm. And then from a community standpoint, you only have, you know, 75 s- slots. And then if you, which you're like, that's a ton. But you start filling that up with family that you really care about. If you, uh, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have family, like those slots get taken up. And so all of a sudden you have all of this. Uh, these spaces and those are those people are gonna they're not gonna know the depths that mm-hmm. the four people are it's just mm-hmm. it's it's the reality which is by rule um, churches like to have a pastor per 75 people mm-hmm. um, just because it, it's hard to shepherd you know if, yeah. if you're shepherding as in what a pastor would do to shepherd more than that is actually outside of your human capacity to yeah. do um, and so they, they say that's one of the markers. It's like you need to get some more pastors so your people are cared for well yeah. and known. Um, so I don't know. That's kind of like a broad thing. And then community, like a community I would consider that that's 75. And then even maybe like the, the people connected to that 75, mm-hmm. um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Why do you think it's important? Or let me ask you first if you think it's important. So take those four people that you think are like mm-hmm. really, really good friends. Yeah. Do you think it's imperative that those four people come from your community or? I mean, it's a, it's a matter of how much work you want to have to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think that, the value of it. Though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Because like what's going to happen if you, for instance, let's keep church community going. We have a church community. We have shared value. We have shared mission. We have the same thing that we're worshiping, right? Like, so it's all, we're, we're all, my family is moving in this direction. I'm aligning myself with someone else's who's saying, yep, I'm going with you mm-hmm. that direction. Yeah. So that's going to be the easiest path. And I, and I want to be around those people. I want my kids to be around those people, like, yeah. because we believe in it. We believe this is the direction and like life is going, God's calling us to, and they, and they believe that too. And so I want us to uh, rub elbows with, yeah. with those people the mm-hmm. most. Right. Um, and it, it does take less time, energy, and I mean, gosh, we moved to where we live now to be closer to those people and the people that we live closest to, we are relationally some of the closest with them. That's just the way it works. That's how humans have always been. 
um, because you see each other yeah. more. So talk a little bit about, I'm going to rabbit trail here for a minute, but in a way mm-hmm. that I think is really helpful. So you talk about rubbing elbows with the people that get your time, these people that are your friends that you align with, but you go on mission together. So yeah. talk through what it looks like to be on mission, which would include inviting other people in yeah. and making space for other people. How how do you do that? Well, in a community standpoint, what is the mission? You have to define your mission. Um, for Christians, like the Bible defines the mission. So for us, it's like, man, our mission is to is to share the gospel and make disciples. And that looks like inviting people in, like mm-hmm. you said, and saying, hey, like, we want you to come and follow me. And okay, if we're, we could go on an entire discipleship tangent here because discipleship is built into this. I think friendships come out of discipleship and community is built in discipleship. But like, you're talking a long game. You know, mm-hmm. when I say that, people might go to, oh, we just go through a discipleship program and that's what we're talking about. I'm talking about, you know, Jesus hung out with these guys for three years of his life. Three years, very mundane, boring moments in those three years and high, like, you know, uh, very like adrenaline filled moments, I'm sure as well. So like you have just three years of life spent with people that takes an insane amount of time, energy, effort. Um, I'm, I feel like I'm rabbit trailing too hard on something on discipleship, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but mission, like your mission for that is what drives you. It is yeah. what, it's what keeps you focused. Right. It, it's what keeps you how can you, or or maybe even specifically, that might be helpful. Give us some mm-hmm. handlebars. How do you specifically, or even us as a couple, try yeah. to 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 be aware of, keep guardrails around sure. our time to say because there is a temptation to go, hey, we're just going to hang out with these people that are easy for us. You know, absolutely. That, it, that it is it's hard to go on mission. Like it takes work, and we yeah. definitely get energy from it. Like that that's yes. true. But what does it look like to be aware of that and go, hey, we're not making time for other people right now. What does it look like to be aware of that? How can we fill up so we can go pour out more? Yeah, because I think community you have in a community or even in friendships, you have like the pouring into. Yeah. Like mutual pouring into one another. And and I think even in, in like a church community, you have relationships where people pour into you more than you're pouring into them and then vice versa there's people that you're constantly pouring into and that's that's part of the discipleship relationship nature of church um and a church community uh, a reasonably healthy church community anyway and then you have this other thing where you have mission and that's purely pouring out sure there's like some maybe relational kickback from that but like your job in that isn't to like make people projects but it's to pour out relationally and give yourself to someone outside of the community so that they would come into the community. Mm-hmm. That's what mission is. It's going to yeah. get people and saying, Hey, we want you to be a part of this thing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, God does amazing things like mm-hmm. in the midst of that. So like a mission is just going to get people and bringing them in. And so when we go on mission together, we invite people in, we invite our friends into that process and say, Hey, we're, we are, wanting to invite people into this will you go do that with me mm-hmm. and in that comes suffering because we live in a very broken world and yeah. even we've experienced like really hardship from you know the more the more relationships you have the more hardships you have yeah because you are sharing suffering with so many different people yeah. and so that's really hard and that's mm-hmm. really burdensome um but in those hard moments you know we we've had hard stuff recently and 
in those moments, friends step up and they're around and they're close and they care and they, you know, bring food and they hug you and they cry with you and they pray for you and they laugh with you. Those are the moments that build community. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's based on like all of that was based on a mission Mm -hmm. first. So. Yeah, so so it's important to know that it's it's the work. Like you could say, "Hey, I go to this church and these people are my community." Sure, maybe you call and ask them for prayer when you need prayer yeah. or something, but what is the time investment mm-hmm. that you're giving your time to? So, what about the person that that falls in that category that's like, "I go to the church, I serve and do these things. I know a lot of people, I hang out with them sometimes, but like my main group of people that I spend time with are in all these different pockets. Sometimes they're believers, sometimes they're not. Is that sinful? Would you call them to something else or what is the encouragement to them in that space? I don't think it's sinful. I think it's a, uh, I would say maybe that person doesn't know what they want. Mm. They don't know like what direction are you going? Um, If you don't know what direction you're going, it's okay to have like, thing and and i'm not saying like you pick a direction you go and you abandon the people that are not going that direction with you Um, there's plenty of friends that i have that do not believe or do the same things i do but again like they're not getting the majority of my time and energy um that's 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 just a reality of the choices that um that we've made i do think there is an element though of like what do you want out of your life what, what direction do you want? What Are you satisfied with that? Are you satisfied? And, and you may also in that space, when you're pulled in all those different directions, you may have a harder time finding those four really mm-hmm. close people. Yeah. You're going to have maybe more in the middle category of like, man, I have like 20 friends that are pretty close to me, but I don't know that I have four that are truly close mm-hmm. because if, if most of the people are outside or in different spaces in different yeah. communities, they probably don't share the same mission and value and, and life direction as you. Mm-hmm. And you have to have that in order to have true vulnerable, like, yeah. I don't know, I hate the phrase, but life on life. <laughs> uh, Do life together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to encourage and challenge the person that feels that way. That's like, man, I have the 20 maybe, or I'm new. I just, mm-hmm. I don't have the four. And it feels like everybody around me has the four maybe. Which, which I would, by the way, I would say most people actually don't have the four. Sure. Okay. In our, in our yeah. culture. Yeah. I think it, I think it's, it's becoming more and more true because of social media and mm-hmm. technology yeah. and separation. Like, like we don't have that four. Right. A lot of people don't. And well, and I think tragic. it's a false sense of community. Yes. You know, I've, I've heard a lot recently where I feel like people will talk about like, this they miss the community like so so a lot of people are giving up social media right now for Lynn mm-hmm. right yep. and so you'll I've heard some things all everywhere all kinds of things about like yeah I really I'm, I'm missing the online community but blah 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 and like it just feels interesting to me because I'm sure there's interaction that's meaningful I I have started to develop some meaningful relationships with people that I've never met in person because mm-hmm. of like some networking and sure. things. So, so that is a reality, but by and far, like that's not my community. Like no. that's not where I'm drawing from. And so I think there's a huge caution when you have that void of like, man, I want community or I have it. I think there's a false sense that sometimes you have it online because people comment or because people yeah. respond to things. And like, that's not comments like depth. Not that's conversations. Not, yeah. And it's not, it's not the serving and being in the trenches and like building the real community we were talking about earlier right. from like hurting together. And not that like you can't console somebody, you know, with a comment, right. like that's not like, sh- that, no, that's absolutely. great. But there is something about like presence that actually yeah. builds community. Well, presence and physical touch. Like, yeah, I get a hug from one of my buddies and it's 
it's good. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that's a good thing when people hug you and they care about you. Like you right. and I, we're married. We like to hug each other. Praise the Lord. And uh, <laughs> our, our kids are like, stop. <laughs> yep. We're going to be smooching. And they're like, don't do it. That's what he likes to say to them to make them run away. But sometimes they just think it's funny. So I think you can have this hope for four, which is great. So so the mm-hmm. encouragement is one, ask God for it. Like God wants yeah. you to have those things. Like pray and ask the Lord for those. And then I also want to say to have healthy expectations of yeah. that. Again, yep. knowing that it takes time. I think one of the things that we see and have seen that is unfortunate, but I want to to put words to because I think it can be helpful, is that when we are looking for those four, or even if we're new and we're looking for 20, mm-hmm. we can sometimes label the people and say, okay, I, I'll be good if I'm friends with this person. And I don't think we even always do it right. intentionally, oh, yeah. but this idea of, oh, that person's really plugged in, and if I can be friends with them, then... I will feel that way. I've, I've felt that way before, you know, right. for sure. Like, especially, especially when you're new, that's really hard. But even as like things change and seasons and communities grow and, and, you know, new pockets develop, which I really celebrate. I love when you can have new pockets and options and things yeah. for groups and people to hang out with in different spaces. It doesn't always have to be the same, right? Because I think you can go on mission together differently yeah. with different people. Oh, so you yeah. don't have to always like be this one exclusive, exclusive group. But in that, I think having a healthy expectation and being willing to hold that open-handedly like hey maybe that person is at capacity and it's not that they don't like you it's just that they are in another season right now and they can be your acquaintance but they maybe it's not like hey i have my four piece out but they just don't even have capacity and so so that really is the lord giving you an opportunity to reach out to someone else that still needs that for you know that still needs connection and so we can sometimes get disheartened and feel like oh gosh that didn't work i remember when we were first married and living in a small town I moved to where you lived and so I was building community and you had it and so that looked different for me when I was trying to Mm -hmm. make friends at Bible study and in spaces that were all girls that felt like they were all friends and I remember striking out a few times and I actually my line was and still is sometimes (laughs) will you be my friend (laughs) which is you know will you be my friend (laughs) and you know people are always like yeah and that's how I proposed forever we be my friend forever so <laughs> it's not i know <laughs> but there was a time when i remember asking this girl oh will you be my friend like in a way that i thought was like conveying like we talked about me being new she right. was not new and she's like oh yeah yeah but then like never called me to hang out never did anything with me and i just really thought like maybe she would seek me out in bigger environments then and and want to pursue a relationship with me and like felt like that just was not there and i remember feeling pretty disappointed about it but do you know who I walked away with is some of my best friends from that time frame mm-hmm. were people that also needed friends. Like there yeah. were people that were new. And so I just was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to find people that need friends and yeah. I'll, I'll be friends with them. And that worked really well for us. We right. developed great relationships. I ended up being in discipleship with them. And that is also, you were saying earlier about like becoming friends with disciples. And I think that is a really special place that yeah. I think sometimes can be a surprising place where we, yeah. you know, have maybe whatever reason locked on to these people that we think, oh, I'm going to be their friend and their friend because they're really fun to be around, which is great. Mm-hmm. But sometimes we can be really surprised by who turns out to be a soul sister or soul brother or something oh, because man. of walking like some one of my really dear, dear friends right now is somebody that I discipled that has just reciprocated in such beautiful ways with friendship that like we walk through life deeply together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, man, this is a fun conversation. <laughs> Go ahead. What are your thoughts? <laughs> no, what do you I'm, want just, to say now? I'm just it, it just makes me happy. Like I'm very thankful. 
Uh, I'm just sitting here thinking like it would be really good. You know, we do we talk about how the importance of premarital counseling all the time. Like we love premarital counseling. It's so important. It's so good. You just have two really broken people getting in the same house together and life falls apart. I think it would be equally as helpful for people to have like I just moved to a new place counseling or like I I need to start making friends how to be how to be new or how to make build friends and build community counseling too Mm -hmm. because it it is like if you just could grab someone before they get totally disheartened yeah and lose hope and think I'm never gonna connect or have friends and you could say hey you are going it like you said you're gonna strike out a lot you may strike out 10 times again it takes work there's so many farming metaphors in this but like you, you, you may miss so many opportunities and you really are trying and you're really like working hard towards it. So yes, you're going to strike out. Also, it takes time. It takes work. It takes time. You may be in a relationship with someone, some friends, and you're like, man, this isn't going on anywhere. And it's only been two months. Like give it years. Mm-hmm. Be plant, planted. And that's another thing. Like we live in a really transient culture. People are moving yeah. and traveling and changing jobs and mm-hmm. going everywhere with that, you need to understand the expectation of like, that's going to take more work to hold and maintain relationships. I think I have a good question for you as an Enneagram 7 that you are, which for those of you that don't know anything about the Enneagram, it's like the joy seeker person. Oh, yeah. What does that look like to find joy and satisfaction in those spaces and the gaps? So, hey, I want these friends. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the work, but it's going to take me two years. Like that sounds like a big bummer. <laughs> you know, like that doesn't well, sound fun. So what does it look like to like enjoy those moments and be satisfied and like knowing you're doing the work? But it, I don't think you walk away from experiences feeling, I don't think you walk away from experiences feeling really sad. You know, like it's like, oh, that was fun. Like I'm I'm doing the work. I'm building. Yeah. It's going there. Oh, yeah. But... That's the thing. Like Talk build, about, building yeah. those building relationships does take work, but it is often fun. It's not bad. I, I, for me, it's a matter of perspective and maybe this is just my silver lining everything, but like, yes, we moved, you know, we moved to a new city, uprooted our lives and moved here. We had some family here, but not any real meaningful, like relationships in our, the community that we were moving to. We had some friendships absolutely like that had existed um, before, but from when we, I lived here before, yeah. yeah, from when you lived here before, but we moved to a community and didn't have any friendships in it. And but, we're like spaced. We were further away in a different direction than most of the people too. So geographically, we were removed as well. Right. And so for me, like I think one way you could look at that is to say, oh man, this is going to take forever. Uh, you know, I feel like I'm starting over and just in, in like this hopeless cycle. Or you could look at it and say, this is an adventure. This is an opportunity. Most adventures take work, time, effort, all the things that we've mm-hmm. talked about, just like uh, anything. And and you see it, see it as a adventure. Like, I don't know. Most of life gets better when you look at the long game. Hmm. What about the person that is not wired the same as you? Right. That it actually just feels like a different kind of work. So for you, you, you love the work of building friendships. It. And not that they don't love it, but it just takes a lot of energy it's gonna for them take, in a it's different gonna way. It's going to take more energy. So... For some people, like the idea of starting over and having to do all that because they did the work and it was so hard and then they had friendships and then they moved or then their discipleship group changed or something. You know, like there's this fear sometimes of starting over for people. Why keep going and why like help us celebrate that in the same way that you're like, not just, hey, let's just flip the words around. But what is the truth in that, that God's inviting them to something that could be worth it? Why and how do we see that? Well, I think one 
It's a perspective question. Mm -hmm. We are very blessed to live in a place where like all of this is really, it it may may not be like emotionally or whatever easy, but from a availability standpoint, like Mm -hmm. we are very blessed to live in a place where we can just choose friends and be in these communities and pick things. And like, I, I remember reading Dietrich Bonhoeffer's book, Life Together. And I remember him talking about his like secret seminary and like the relationships and he, he, I'm not remembering it exactly, but from a paraphrase standpoint, like he says, we would be really blessed. We could consider ourselves really blessed to rub shoulders with another believer once in our lifetime, Mm. one time. Yeah. And I think from a perspective of like, gosh, like that community that I walked away from that was really loving and great. Like I, I have to have the long game perspective of it was wonderful and I just need to embrace thankfulness mm-hmm. and and fight for it in the future if possible. But like, I think it's just a it's like a spoiled we're community spoiled where mm-hmm. we live because we think we have everything at our feet or we should have everything at our fingertips. Mm-hmm. But we should be really thankful for even having one good friend in our life. Yeah. Um, and be an initiator. Yeah. Be an initiator. Mm-hmm. Sometime. And again, some people are not wired that way. And so they can feel disheartened. Yeah. But if we're being honest most of the time we're inviting other people to do things. Not all the time. So if yeah. you're somebody that's like, hey, I invite you all the time. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for inviting us. Right. No, yeah. But um, the reality- Don't be offended on either yeah. side of that either. Yeah. Like, I don't care that I'm the one that in- no, initiates. Uh-uh. Like, I just, I think people could take that personally if they're like, man, I'm the one that, and yes, you could get into a whole thing about how relationships take mutual, sure. like, effort and work. Absolutely. But initiating, um, you know, if you're a, a personality that is the initiator that like can like do that, start initiating. Yeah. And if you're one who's like has a hard time doing that, like be around initiators Yeah. <laughs> and be like, I, I want to, Hey, you initiate friendships with people all the time. Like, Hey, let's talk about it. Like I want to, yeah, I want to hang out. Help me. Yeah. Help yes. me. Um, That's the beauty of community. Right. right. Like, you, and so you're like, but I'm trying to be new. Right. That, I mean, it's not going to be hard to spot who the, who the initiators are and people that feel free to move about the room and talk to a lot of people. So maybe yeah. it's like, hey, I am really bad at that. So here's an example, okay? Our church does donuts and coffee after service every week. We share a building with another church that comes in and meets after us. So we to get everybody out and give them space, we go downstairs. And honestly, we are down there longer than their service is most of the time, the last of yeah. the people were kicking people out because our people really love each other and love being around. And so, donuts. And donuts and Which, coffee. Hey, the, the joke is there. There's something spiritual about eating and, yes. and to being yes. together in that space. Absolutely. Anyway. Breaking bread. It is just fried bread, but it's delicious bread. <laughs> fried donut bread. Fried bread. With so, sugar on it. <laughs> so there is a, there's the kind of person that is like stressed about that environment that is really challenged. It's difficult. They're going to go find their little space and not move past it right but what if it's extrovert heaven it is and it's an introvert's nightmare however i say that and yet i have a ton of friends that are introverted that have learned to like be blessed in that space what it looks like for them to minister to others in that space what it looks Mm -hmm. like for them to be ministered to and like see the fruit of their labor yeah but what if you just don't even know what to do what would it look like to ask somebody and say hey, can I just follow you around? And not in like a weird magnet way that's like you're committing and signing up to this for the rest of 
your life that I'm around. Right. But hey, this week, could I follow you and watch you like move from right. conversation to conversation? I am not skilled in that. Can you? Yes. You know, because I think there are just, there's things that come natural to people. There's some things that you have to work at, but it's worth it. And I've seen people grow in it. Like I have yep. seen my friends that used to be like wallflowers, like go and see people that are new and pull yep. them in and, and make that build that bridge because that's what community does like we make space for one another and so we have to work on the things that we're not good at so that we can build those relationships well and that's that's something that i've noticed recently specifically in the donuts and coffee world Mm -hmm. um you know i think early on you just feel like pastors have to be the one looking out for new people and inviting Mm -hmm. them in but Mm -hmm. now like because and i'm not saying you know this this sounds like we've got this all figured out we really don't we really really don't but there are some beauty beautiful beauty there are some beautiful beautiful there is some beautiful things that have happened from the work that we've put into the ground from mm-hmm. a, keeping the, the farming metaphor that that have been built into the culture where we did a lot of really hard work to help people do this and now we're seeing that replicate replicated and multiplied where people are being the ones going and getting people hey you're new here come be a part like you don't even have to ask to follow me around because i'm going to invite you to follow me around yeah there's a lot more of that happening than there ever has and Mm -hmm. i think the fruit of that is deeper connection um and and deeper community Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah and so you know we value that and so like in our culture in our community like those are shared values and people are learning them and seeing them they've experienced it and so they're reciprocating that in in building those relationships right so that's really great what do you think is a problem about friendships if you're on the other side of that and you're like you don't have to tell me twice i'm here for this i'm doing it all the time what how Hmm. can you know if friendships are becoming an idol hmm. well uh i think for one you know going back to like that perspective thing you can tell that they're becoming an idol when what happens when one is taken away from you or threatened yeah that's one way to or know perceived threatened or perceived You're threatened allowing that to yeah yeah i mean if, if you have an out of this world response uh you know you think of like an animal that's threatened that's backed into a corner and like you know hunches up and snarls or whatever Mm -hmm. like if that is your response to something getting taken away from you and not taken away from you for like a bad reason but taken away from you just because of like a season or life or whatever um you might consider it's not like oh yes it's definitely an idol but you might consider that you have something going on there where you've been emotionally invested in it as your source of um everything mm-hmm. <laughs> you're you're you you're, feel okay when everybody likes you that amount or something. yeah like yep. your affirmation uh comes from this your satisfaction comes from this i would say and argue that the best and deepest communities come from when your satisfaction and affirmation and all of those things come from the lord mm-hmm. and that is a shared thing amongst your community yeah. those are the deep relationships because there is no drama mm-hmm. in that in that space there isn't drama there isn't gossip. There is, there's love because all that's coming from you is, is, is what has come from you pressing into the Lord. Mm-hmm. So like I'm, I'm valuing him. He is the one that gives me everything I need. Mm-hmm. And then friendships are just the beauty. Um, and, and, and those are a piece of the worship that comes from that. Like friendship and connection and community is what is, is birthed out of that. Yeah. So you were talking about, 
low drama, which yes, like I think you are 100% right. When we are satisfied in our identity with the Lord, then there's not, there's not drama, right? That doesn't mean it won't be hard. Like feelings still get hurt. We've had hard conversations with friends over the years, but there's such a safety place in that because it's, it's, we offer grace and we know that we really love each other. And so there's safe places for those hard conversations. It doesn't mean your feelings won't get hurt, but the drama of like, I don't know how many think like the drama of like, well, actually it leads into my next question. I think a lot of drama comes from when you enter a space asking the wrong questions. Mm -hmm. And so if we're constantly entering a space going, where do I fit? Am I liked? What do I do? Versus how do I bless other people? What's my role here in a way to offer, not receive. And not that we won't receive from community. You will. That's a huge part of it because it's a blessing, not a motivation. Right. Yes. Yes. And so that I think takes away a ton of the drama when we're not going, okay, oh shoot, I I wasn't received the way that I wanted or I didn't get this thing or right. this didn't go how I had hoped. All that falls aside when I'm worried, not worried, but like when my concern is who needs a friend? How can I bless these people? Yeah. What's needed here that I can do? And not in a another weird, wrong identity way of yeah. like, it'll make me feel good. But like, gosh, I am called and gifted in these ways. What does obedience look like for mm-hmm. me in this space? Yeah, I think some of the most impressive, and maybe impressive is not the great word, but I've been impressed and impacted by people who come into a new space. They recognize that it takes time and effort and Mm -hmm. work, and they're like, hey, we know that there are relationships here that we are just now entering into. Mm -hmm. So we don't expect, like, to be best friends with everybody immediately. And, like, not only do they recognize that, they have, like, respect for it, and they're like, but, hey, I'm still here. I'm willing to do work. Like, can I do that? Like mm-hmm. that self-awareness, maturity, yeah. um, man, that's, those are some good foundations for yeah. like being new somewhere and starting off is asking the right questions. How can I help? How can I, how can I be a part of this community? How yeah. can I pour in? Um, not, Hey, what am I going to get out of this in the long run? Yeah. yeah. Or who, you know, who's the best person in the room to be friends with? Who's right. going to, who's going to, you know, get me the most fill in the blank. And that, mm-hmm. that by the way, big sign of idolatry. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Asking, asking the right questions. Do you have anything else you want to add or say that you want to plug about community or talk about? I mean, we could literally talk about this for a few hours. So <laughs> literally, literally. Uh, so, I mean, yes. And not today. <laughs> not today. Awesome. <laughs> well then, Bill Will Turner, mm-hmm. God is glorified in community. Mm-hmm. He is glorified in his body working the way that you know he designed it and seeing it redeemed but he's also glorified in he's our- glorified in our laughter but i have one more thing i did think of. oh yeah yeah go okay. ahead <laughs> instead when you go into a place uh, i think this is just like if you had you know the the pastor line if you missed everything else i've said this morning yeah hear, hear this uh i do think before you go just like casting your line out for mm-hmm. community figure out which direction you're going yeah. Figure out the mission, figuring out what you're called to be, who you're called to be, what God has called you to do, and then look around and see who's doing that with you. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a moment where you will find deep, meaningful community, friendships and relationships, yeah. because, um, I mean, that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. I was like, I made up my mind about calling and, and direction. And all of a sudden I get sideswiped by you. And, uh, Sideswipe. yeah, you're not that great of a driver. I'm joking. That's, that's where we're going with this. 
Woo, let's talk about things that we could literally talk about oh, for an hour. Man. That was that was deep. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to wound you. It's because it's not true is why I'll it's, just let it go. It is not true. It was funny, though. Yeah, but anyway, good. determine your direction. Uh, let God determine your direction and then run and then yeah. see who's running with you. And, and ask you. for help. Like, we hope this was a, a helpful conversation. Yeah. But if you hear this and you just are feeling still really defeated and sad, like talk to your pastor or talk to the leaders in your community yeah. as you know, your church body and, and ask for direction. And I am struggling to plug in. Can you maybe coach me? Like I have set, I've set at coffee with women who have struggled to make friends and say, Hey, maybe try this. Like, because there there's reasons sometimes for that. And so being able to like seek counseling and being yeah. willing to receive that is, is a great posture. Absolutely. For sure. Sorry. God is no. glorified in our laughter. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not mad about it. When when have you laughed really hard recently? All right, man. There's so many good stories. Kayla and I just had an entire season of first and second grade basketball where we coached our youngest son together. Oof. Was it fun? <laughs> it was uh it was really fun. It was testing and uh it's just, you know, it's a rec league. It's interesting when you're not really given the authority that you think most coaches have and you're trying to yeah. wrangle a bunch of first and second you're graders just a, that aren't really respectful. <laughs> no, it's you're just a volunteer out there. And so it's it's tough. But anyway, we got to be around a lot of basketball recently. But this was uh, – we were watching our oldest son's game and there was a free throw being shot and one of the kids on our own team had his hands in his pockets, like just watching the free throw. And I don't know who it was. It may be one of us. Someone was like, hey, get your hands out of your pockets. And I don't know, you know, Kayla and I often will like dub people's Kind of like a bad lip reading thing, but <laughs> yeah. maybe if they're not even moving their mouths, like we'll just like narrate things for people. Like this is probably what he was thinking. And I don't know why, but I just, <laughs> I was like, oh shoot, I thought I had a peppermint in there or a mint in there. Yeah. I thought I had a mint in there. And Kayla, we just, like, I don't know. That's probably not funny to anyone else. We laughed so hard about it in the moment. Well, one, because you thought I said mitten. And well, was, that's why we laughed harder the second time. Yeah, <laughs> we laughed even harder the second time because we're like driving home from the game laughing And I'm about like it. quoting it again. I'm laughing hard. And I was like, well, oh, I thought I had it. Because he's like a, you know, he's a, a third grade boy that he's, that Will was like, oh, my God, I thought I had a mint in my pocket. I thought I had a mint in my pocket. I was looking for it. <laughs> but I, so in, in me like quoting what I thought he said, he was like, wait, what? And I said mitten because I thought he said a mitten, which was like so absurd, like mint. Peppermint made way more sense, but that yeah. was, I still laughed really hard at that, but right. also really hard that we thought it was a mitten. Like, why would he even be looking for a mitten? But then we were laughing even harder because we were in the front. We had both boys in the car and both and my parents yep. and no one like knew the conversation or what was happening, Nothing. but we laughed so hard as if nobody else was around right. and everybody was just riding along in the car. <laughs> and that made me laugh harder. I was like belly laughing and they're just like staring at us. Oh, I thought I had a mitten in my pocket. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That was a fun. Want some hard candy cans? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Man. Oh, man. Well, it's true. You make me laugh all the time. Yeah. Good stuff. Thanks for being here. Thank you for saying these things. I hope it is really helpful for people in spaces. Like, even if you are really seasoned in your community, the the reminder may, may it fall fresh on you to, like, go on mission with people in a way that's inviting to, like, make space for new people, mm. to have eyes for that so that we can grow our churches but also being mindful of what it looks like to do the work, to be a mm. part of the things. So, yep. yeah, I love you, my little wife community. <laughs> <laughs> the end.